0: Faith Forged Fathers is a podcast focused on navigating fatherhood and growing what God has called us to be as fathers. My name is Matthew Green. I'm a father of two young sons and the mission of this podcast is to provide a wide array of experiences, perspectives, through interviewing guests from all stages of fatherhood. My hope is that we'll all learn together, gain encouragement and wisdom along the way. Thanks for listening. welcome to this episode of faith forge fathers today I'm really excited to have one of my uh, one of my really good buddies he's turned into a brother pretty quick uh, I met him a couple months ago uh, as part of my small group I'm really happy to have him on David is a uh, father husband he's in the Navy he's a good dude uh, him and I share a lot of Instagram reels together uh, really uh, just really enjoy the fellowship that we've had uh, I'm really excited to have him on today so uh, welcome David thank you Matt thank you for having me cool well just like everybody I like to kind of start off with like What's the, the path the faith and fatherhood look like it's just so people can get a chance to know you uh, i know you and i would like to give you the chance to introduce yourself okay
1: um so just like you were saying matt me and you met but back in january january of this year so 2023 january february
0: it's crazy it's already been that long
1: Oof, it's, it's flown by time flies time flies um so yeah it's it's been a adventure of path to fatherhood i'd say that really took off right after your and so that was something that we talked about so emerge is a men's conference that awaken church does in california right so you had mentioned before that i'm in the navy so i do a lot of hopping around there's not really a concrete family that we have mm. i mean anytime we pcs <clears throat> we uproot ourselves our family, and their friends, their relatives, whoever we have near us is no longer near us, so now we're in a whole new new environment. So uh, I've been in Navy for 12 years now. I've been to North Carolina, Hawaii, amazing, gorgeous. California, amazing, gorgeous, uh, besides the politics. (laughs) And uh, Texas, (laughs) right? Um, Not gorgeous? (laughs) Hot. But what I have noticed is that, that whole path, you know, while we did have families and friends, we couldn't be further from God, Hmm. right? So, North Carolina, me and my wife, we were married for a year, uh, and we had Noah, our firstborn son. We tried to find a church that suited us and suited our, where we were at, faith-wise. Uh, and that was probably the most difficult part because we were both on separate levels, hmm. so she was a lot more. I hadn't had any idea of Catholicism, okay, right? Because that's how she grew up. I grew up a Christian, so <clears throat> we saw things differently. So that was probably one of the things that we had to overcome as a mari- as a married couple.
0: What were some she- of those differences? Really, the
1: biggest difference was the theology of it, the the understanding, the relationship, the studying of it, right? They go to church. Well, I'm not encompassing all Catholics either. Uh, but the way my wife understood it was they would go to church Sunday and then that was it, right? Hmm. And that's I think that's a, a common occurrence with um, the relationship with uh, God and Jesus and the Trinity, right? A lot of people just show up on Sunday and go home for the week. So that's the relationship that she understood, okay. um, and I understood it more so as this is something that we work throughout the week and we can reconcile on Sunday with our family. So that was something that we grew with each other. Uh, then in Hawaii, same thing, fu- tried to find a church, couldn't find a church. <laughs> we had our second born, uh, Nehemiah, biblical name, another biblical name. Um, we tried to find a church there as well, <clears throat> uh, and I think the difficult part there was really the relationship that I had with God was very distant,
2: hmm.
1: which was putting my family and their relationship with the Trinity at a distance. I wasn't leading as a father, as a father should in the household, and they were starting to fall away as well. We, didn't, we stopped going to church for like over a year. Um, roseanne was going through school so that's a high stress oh yeah high stress right with uh, nursing so really we were growing there uh, but really more distant from god Uh, and then so i had mentioned awaken right so awaken was a church that we found in san diego when we finally pcs to california and at first i was kind of very what's the best way to say this combative Okay. I, didn't want to, I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to change, right? I was yeah. set in my ways and the way I was living life, right? I understood that there was a God, but I didn't have a relationship at all. I just knew it as, I believe in God, I believe He died on the cross, and I'm saved, I'm good. But there's more to that. Um, so, Awakened Church, when I went to the Emerge camp, blew my mind. Uh, 2,000 men, right, ranging from... You know, I'd say you're a size Matt, to burly, uh, big, massive, you know. massive dudes like <laughs> me. Looking up at them, like, wow, I, I really am a grasshopper, right? <clears throat> so, it was it was really cool seeing the sea of men be vulnerable hmm. with each other, and that vulnerability created a, a level of trust with with everyone there, knowing that you can't be judged for the actions that you've done. Right? Everyone sins. Everyone falls short of the glory of God. But no one there looked at each other in a judging way. We looked at each other in a loving way, in a compassionate way. We were looking at each other to help pick each other up. Hmm. Right? And so we get to emerge. And the first day How many days is it? It's three days. Three days. Three days. So, like,
0: when you walked in day one, you were like in that combative, like, this is. Like, what was your mindset going in? Were you like, this is going to be a waste of time? Or or what was kind of your mindset? And like, how long did it take to kind of start to... So I would say around six
1: months. So I had finished my my deployment on the ship in California. And I came back from deployment. Roseanne was, which is my wife, she started volunteering at Awaken Church. And she started volunteering for the kids' church, right? And... I've supported her 100%. But, again, me dragging my feet, I was like, I don't want to do anything like that. I'm good. I'll just take the kids home. I'll pick you up when you're done. Uh, there was a shift. Don't know what it was. I think Roseanne had... She had sensed something was off. Something was wrong with me. So she was like, let's go up to the altar. Let's just let's just go up there. And I was like... It'll be, it'll you know, be fun, right? Yeah, it'll be fun. It's gonna be fun. it gonna be fine. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. It was... uh sister quacha and literally this a woman of prayer warrior of prayer she put her hand on me in like two seconds just started praying over me casting whatever she felt in her heart or whatever the holy spirit was leading her to pray about Instantly just started crying and I was like, I'm not a guy that cries. Yeah. Instantly started crying. I like
0: I, I'm a Navy I'm a, I, <laughs> I, I'm a military. man I don't cry cry <laughs> and um,
1: Yeah, instantly cried and it was as if a weight was like lifted off and I could breathe again, it was Supernatural mm. very supernatural. Um, and again, I'm not a guy that believes in stuff like that until that day and it was as if, uh, like, a veil was lifted off my eyes. And I was able to see what I was doing wasn't building up the family that I had or leading the family the way a father should. So after that, I started volunteering. And, of course, being a military guy, loving weapons and everything like that, I'm going volunteer for security. Oh, yeah. Because do- that's, you know, there's a verse in the Bible, um, if not who send me, and I know I'm butchering it. That's very paraphrased. Um but that's a verse that I kind of hold to it's like you know i I will volunteer in the face of evil, mm-hmm. so blessed, blessed secu- the peacemakers mm-hmm. so security obviously good fit for me uh started doing it, enjoying it, I started meeting other men, other men that were powerful in their prayer, powerful in their spiritual walk with God, and it kind of uh forced me to grow, it kind of forced me to confront those shadows that I was trying to hide. Mm-hmm. July, August of 2021, and then that following year 22, in March was Emerge. Okay. So I'd say around six months it took me to like muster up the courage to, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go to the Emerge Conference with you know, the people that I wanna go with. And I kept fighting tooth and nail still. While I did enjoy serving In my mind, I had a poverty mindset of, well, this conference is expensive. We're about to PCS next year. We need to save money so that we're financially stable. So the guy that kept inviting me kept inviting me over and over and over. And then one day he was like, hey, I got you a ticket. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I got your ticket. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the price. Don't worry about the tenting or nothing. I got got everything. I was like, you didn't have to do that. I'll have to think about it. He was like, "Okay, well, think about it. Just letting you know it's there for you." That's super cool. And he poured, you know, he poured into me that during that time, um, and I, th- I believe he knew that I was fighting something within myself that needed other men to kind of rile me up, kind of prepare me to take that next step, that step of faith. Um, so yeah, emerge three days awesome time uh like i said 2000 men worshiping praying again shell shock for me because i had never seen that first day you walk down it's kind of like orientation hey this is a setup Awaken church is a multi-campus so they have multiple churches throughout san diego um and it's like they have a competitive scheme to it so each campus has their own teams and each team competes Throughout the whole, all all campuses, right? And it's sports, it's knowledge, it's physical strength. Um,
0: You're like, all right, this is what I said. Nah, all right, let's I'm go. I'm with this, <laughs> yeah, you know.
1: And uh, they had us do the orientation, and they gave us these two by four plank of woods, right? And they give it to you, and they say, write your burdens on here, and, you know, on the second night what we're going to do is, as men, we're all going to gather together and pray for each other and cast our burdens to God, right? We're going to burn them, right? Not have to worry about them at all. And again, I was kind of like, uh, all right, so I put on there, finances, just things that I felt weren't embarrassing, sure. right? Um,
0: you said that you felt weren't embarrassing.
1: That were not embarrassing. Because I, I didn't want to be judged.
0: You and you didn't want somebody else to see like what was on your plank. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And that's the enemy, right? The enemy's lying all the time.
0: So was part of it showing the other guys there what was on it? Or was you just hoping like even someone catching a glance was going to be too risky?
1: I didn't even write it on because it was too risky. I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't want these men to to judge me and look at me like uh, I'm a failure or a fool. Like I said, amazing time. First time I've ever cried during worship. Um... That was pretty amazing. It was like, the best way I could reference it is when we had our group together, me and you, for our family group meeting, and I had mentioned, we were talking about the presence of God and how there's a difference between the presence and the manifestation of God. Emerge, I believe, was manifesting the Holy Spirit, right? With the amount of worshiping, with the amount of praying, with the amount of just giving yourself up to God that there is a sense of peace and love and warmth that I had never experienced out of my whole Christian walk of life that's cool uh, it's such an amazing time,
0: yeah, I think it's cool like so the like I love that in like in the book that we were going through mm-hmm. where it references that you know it talks about how people were yearning like i think I think that that's such a cool word like they they were yearning for God and and that's what kind of just like that posture of just like pleading and just pouring out everything in hopes that you could you know kind of feel the presence which you know is already there but um that's super cool i got a small taste of it i went to rebel uh the rebel conference and it was my first exposure to like being in an entire room of men singing their hearts out i've always been somebody who's like Hands in, I always yeah. kind of started hands yeah. in pockets. Yeah, I'm not gonna see. I'm not gonna like not My hands not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like just because like I agree. Like I was too. Like I'm, I'm just like too prideful. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. am I gonna put my hand up at the wrong time, or somebody gonna be like, Psh, yeah? What's that guy doing? Um, and then I love seeing like examples. Like my father-in-law is a great example. Like I look down and he's just like he could, yeah. He's all in. Like he's there for the right reasons, and he's he's worshiping. Mm-hmm. He's not posturing for the people around him where I had to get out of my head like this isn't about me doing the right things for the people around me it was like I'm here worshiping God mm. and it's me and him not like hey, hey look look at that guy look how good he's worshiping <laughs> and so I'm finally getting like now like years and years and years later out of my own out of my own head you yeah. know because a lot of it was like seeing other men just pour themselves out do the same thing you know the, the burliest guys that you would never expect are like, "Oh, that's the macho man, that's the hardcore dude, and you see them like like laying their burdens down the the weight of everything on them, and you're like no you you look like you can carry, you know you could carry the world in mm-hmm. your back, you're so big, right and they they need to cast everything off too, and uh, that's really neat
1: yeah, that is something that that I hope to pass on <clears throat> pass on to our children is the way. I bring myself to God every day, right the relationship that I have, the pursuing of God every day. It's not just a all right, hey, this is what I did for the day. these are the actions that I did for you, Lord i didn't did I not pray for you every night like that's not what God is looking for. He's looking for that relationship. We don't do it out of our own understanding but His understanding. so. I know that growing up, my faith started with a small church and my father. And now my father, growing up, amazing man of faith. Amazing. There'd be times where he would stop the sermon and Pastor Jeff, and he'd be like, Like
0: Pastor Jeff. Like from the congregation, he would (laughs) stop the sermon.
1: Interesting. And there was, no one would stop him, which is, thinking back is is pretty crazy. No one would stop him, but he he would give a word. And he would add on to the sermon. And this is me looking at my father, six, seven, eight years old, nine years old. Seeing that was amazing, right? And then there was a falling, right? And um, he ended up falling away from his faith, which in turn had the family fall away from, mm-hmm. from his faith as well, right? My mom could only drag us to church so often. Yeah. But eventually after that, we'd just be like, uh, Mom, we're okay, right? And so there's that verse in the Bible. I think I think I've mentioned to you, mentioned it to you as well before. Train up a child.
0: And they'll never stray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's
1: true. If I knew that I can rely on God or give my burdens to God or pursue Him every day, what hurts could have I avoided in my life? Who could have I poured into had I done this if, this way or mm-hmm. that way? I sometimes not to try not to think like that.
0: It, Cause it, Does it ever feel like a, almost like a burden or a guilt that you carry? I would say a guilt. Yeah, yeah.
1: sometimes I look at it in a guilty way of like, well, oh, I could have done this, I could have done that, I could have done that. But it's not. I believe that's the enemy speaking into us. Uh, my wife, she is so wise. So I always talk to her about these thoughts that I have and the thoughts of guilt and she's like that's not the decision decision, exactly yeah the decision you made is not gonna change their life ultimately these people have their own decisions to make we can pour into them as much as we can but ultimately it's it's up to them
0: yeah yeah you mentioned like wanting to build some like those daily whether it's habits routines Mm -hmm. intentions do you have any in place that like You kind of do on a daily basis now. And do you do it, is it like before everybody wakes up? Are you doing it with the family? Kind of what's that look like?
1: My favorite right now is when we pray at night, right? So right before the boys go to bed, and even Nyla as well. Nyla's my daughter. What we'll do is we'll sit down. We'll go ahead and do a devotion. And just a simple devotion from the Bible app, right? They have a kids section that you can do. We'll read through the devotion, but I'll add context so that they have an understanding of what it is. Um, I think that's, I think it's geared more towards like teenagers, Okay. but for young kids, like it's kind of like up and over their head I sometimes. You, get, you
0: guys got smart kids, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, Appreciate it. I'm serious. Um, if there is anything that they don't understand, I'll try and bring it to context from something that they did that day. I really enjoy it because it helps them reflect on the actions that they've done and what they can do to change tomorrow, right? Because I always tell them just be better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They always make it an effort to when they have a question like, "How does your how was your faith tested today?" Just be a simple like Bible question that they have. They'll normally it'll normally confuse them. So I'll ask them, "Well, what was, what was something that you felt like you couldn't do today?" And then I'll add into it, "Well, when you give it to God, now how do you feel like you can accomplish that task?" Mm-hmm. And it helps them connect the dots a lot more. And we reflect, like I said, on the actions that they've done that day. Um, one thing that they enjoyed, one thing that they were sad about, Mm -hmm. one thing that made them upset, so that they can understand what their feelings are. Sure. Um, And then after that, we do the Bible prayer at the end of the devotion, and then I'll have them lead their own prayer for the day. And Nehemiah, uh, every night he prays the Lord's Prayer. Nice. Which is awesome. That's super cool. And I wish I would have recorded it the first day, because now he's doing so much better at reciting the Lord's Prayer. And Noah, he'll pray how I pray. And I follow the acronym PRAY, which is praise, repent, ask, and what is why? I think
0: we I skip have, over y no why idea. often. You're like, to uh, prah. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> Something like that.
1: Um, but basically, it's, you know, we give God praise. We repent for the sins that we've done. Mm-hmm. Or just acknowledge, be able to acknowledge, like, these are things that I decided to do that I could have turned away from. And then asking for forgiveness and then asking for strength, whatever it is that mm-hmm. sits on their heart. And then I'll I'll pray over them at night so that you know, I pray over, they always ask me for a bad dream. So I pray that angels protect them, but also just for good rest, sound mind, and that they wake up refreshed. And that's every night. That's awesome. That's Every a super night. rich. I love it. Prayer routine. And that's something that I hope again. That's something that they pass down to their kids because that wasn't something that I did when I was a kid. I never prayed at night. Yeah.
0: What started that? Like, was there something specific that kind of like got you to want to do that, or was it just did it happen one night and y'all were like, yeah, that, I like that. Let's do that again. I, I believe it's that. It, it was just one night we were just talking
1: about it, me and the boys, and they're like, oh yeah, can we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? We should do it. And then next night, can we do it again? Nice. Let's do it. And then after that, twenty one days, right? Twenty one days for a habit. Uh it became a habit. That's awesome. And now they look for it.
0: Is it now like if it like doesn't happen they're like, hey dad, like, oh Yeah. I'm not going to bed yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get back in here, man.
1: Yeah, it's happened before. It's happened before. We uh we stayed up real late. It was like around oh my gosh. It was like midnight. We were just up watching movies. And I was like, all right, it's time for bed. we got to go to bed. Right, so Nehemiah's crashing. He's having a hard time staying awake. And they're both saying, let's pray. Let's do the Bible app. Okay, we'll do the Bible app. I'll read it real quick. But you guys need to pray. And it's funny, like, when it was Nehemiah's turn to pray, he woke up.
0: Oh, dude. I didn't he was, it was like, like our fault. Yeah, <laughs> no, it wasn't <laughs> like that. He
1: woke up. He was like, he prayed his prayer. And then right after that we were straight to sleep. Yeah. Uh and then same with Noah. Noah stuck to what he knew and he prayed and he was okay, good night, Daddy. I was like, Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Doing something right here. Yeah, doing cool. something. So, so it sounds like you guys have some pretty rich conversations. Have you found you know, I know it's it's easier to introduce, at least in my opinion, like the concept of God mm-hmm. and you know, the a- angels and things of but like more challenging, and like how you start to introduce the concept of the enemy, right? Like you know, obviously, with good comes evil. Mm-hmm. Like is that something that you've already kind of started to introduce in like some of these conversations, or like kind of how have you navigated that particular thing?
1: Now, my oldest Noah, he doesn't he doesn't have those questions. He's not very inquisitive as far as wondering what we're talking about when we say the enemy or the devil. It's Nehemiah who has an act for or an ear for that. Mm. Information and when he hears it, he'll ask the hard questions: What is Satan? Well, why is he doing this? What are demons? Well, what can they do? And some of these questions I don't have answers for, and so more more often I'll I'll reference or I'll um, suggest he talk to my wife about it, so that I have more time to look into it. Yeah, right. So that we could talk to it as as a mother father. Give him a, a good answer, that's well rounded in our understanding. Um, but there, if there is ever, so, so we seek out elders. We seek out elders for questions that we don't have. Oh, for, interesting! For for questions that we don't have answers to. Because, uh, like I said, Nehemiah, man, he's so inquisitive with his questions. Um.
0: So, so who like who are your elders, and how did you find them?
1: So we reference a lot of questions to the group that grew us from Awaken. Um, so a lot of guys from back there, I'll throw them a couple questions here and there and be like, hey, what do you guys think about this? What do you think about this? Um, since we've left, they've gotten a more of a role with the decentralized the group. I don't know what best way to say it. I guess they're part of the... Um,
0: like their church's leadership team? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, so they're they're more involved with the leadership team.
0: That's super cool, I mean, I, and I think one, like byproduct of you, like being like willing and uh, able to like defer to Roseanne, one it shows you guys are a team, right, and together, and it probably also shows you, like your kids a lot of humility, right? It's not like, hey, I got this all together. Hey, I'm I'm willing to like ask for help when needed, and your mom is like my go-to. Yes, being a father is a paramount part of our lives, but being a husband comes above, mm-hmm. but they all go, they all know, go start their own families, you know, and our, our spouse is the one that we're going to be mm-hmm. with forever.
1: I see that now with, with my parents is my whole life. They've been raising me and my siblings and we're all gone now and all they do is work and work and work. But what relationship do they have with each other? Are they growing? Are they continuing to have that faith? Are they going to this church? Mm-hmm. Are they grown? Like that's really the biggest thing for me is what happens after our children leave. So I believe that, just like you were saying, we speak into our wives. We should be growing them because they are our partners. Yeah. When our kids leave, that's it's just me and her. Mm-hmm. That's it. Ain't nobody else, unless we have grandkids. But that's still not that's still not the case. You know, shouldn't even be thinking about that yet because our kids are <laughs> super small. But I I do. I do enjoy looking back and seeing the change that I've gone through and the growth that I've gone through and the relationship me and Roseanne have now is amazing. I wouldn't change it for anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I d- I definitely admire y'all a, a lot. Y'all are a- really special. I admire you. I admire y'all too. Yeah, y'all y'all's family was super special. Um, like emerge conference kind of. Mm-hmm. I guess the exercise of kind of kind of casting your burdens is that something that you've ever find yourself doing um, like on your own? And like kind of that kind of formal kind of setting or or how is that like Do you have you built that kind of into a routine for yourself since then? So with
1: the casting our burdens into the fire this year I went to Emerge. So last year was the first time I went in 2022. And this year we did the drive back to California which was Great, but very long. Uh, God was definitely watching over us uh, during that trip, making sure that there was no bickering between me and the wife, for sure, man.
0: Um, <laughs> That's like one of the best like first tests of a relationship, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like when you road trip, uh, oh. It you just sit, sit next mm-hmm. to the person. for like mm-hmm. Eric and I was a drive to Memphis. Uh, from one of my buddies got married, and it was like a 13-hour drive. You know, and you're just like, are we going to have enough to talk about? Hopefully, we don't get like mad at each other yeah. about driving tendencies and <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, California is an even longer
1: haul. Yes, 20. Well, technically, it's 19 hours straight shot. Um, but with three kids, four kids, it took us like uh, nearly 23 hours. And that's stopping food, giving them time to go play. Um, but I went to Emerge again this year again and we did it was the same process of Mm. going down and writing your burdens and while the burdens weren't as heavy as they were last year there were still things that i was battling that poverty mindset is something that a lot of families go through that you know they think they're poor they're going to be poor because they only see it as that Mm -hmm. right but man we're rich in in the the love and the kindness that's in our household is amazing. Mm-hmm. So when I we went this year, I brought my father with me as well, just like I did last year. And I felt like this Emerge trip was more for him than it was for me. Now, I'm not saying that like I didn't go down there, you know, clean burden. You know, there's still things that we men struggle with often. So I wrote those burdens down, but it was... It was as if something was fighting my father the whole time. He didn't write any burdens on his last year, Mm. and he didn't want to write them at all, but he spoke to one of the pastoral care prayer warriors that were there and just told him what was on his heart, and he got prayed over this year. He didn't write on his burden again or on his plank again and dragging his feet of course and i'm over here kind of like
0: come on dad like i know you got it in you i know it i see it in you right and uh was that feeling familiar like when you're like thinking back to the year prior when you're like i only want to write things on here that won't be embarrassing right like did you know like kind of maybe what your dad like what his headspace probably was Mm. at that time and moment where you're like i was kind of there last year as you were like encouraging him like hey like just do it, man. Like, I I yeah. promise it'll be worth it.
1: I would say yes. I guess not so much of like me telling him like, hey, do it because you're gonna feel a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the way I was raised in the culture, um, there's a certain way that I speak to my father that you know, I still speak to him like as if I'm a child, right? But I'm I'm a man with my own children as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm trying to help him go through this journey of building that relationship with God, or rebuilding that relationship with God. And uh, he had his burden, didn't ride on it again, um, but still just an amazing, amazing time seeing how God can work in someone's life, even if they're not trying to show up. God is always pursuing us every Mm -hmm. day, right? With my father, I think the biggest difficulty for him is, is forgiveness for himself with whatever he's going through. And that's, any, that's every man's battle. Every yeah. man is going to have that difficult time of forgiving themselves for an action that they did. Um, yeah. I know I did when, when, when it was time for me to forgive myself. It was very difficult. Yeah,
0: I think we're really good at putting negative soundtracks mm-hmm. in our brain. There's a, there's, I read a book recently, it's called Soundtracks. Um, by John Acuff and like he talks about how how often like you know you play an old song from the past like you, know, you haven't heard it for decades right you can just like sing every word of the song mm-hmm. like it's and like what we do and like what we play in our mind is the same kind of idea right but so often we we put the negative soundtracks in and hit play and just let that just right. let that roll right yeah. and, then, and as soon as there's a positive soundtrack we're like yeah okay that's probably not yeah that's it sounds nice, but, mm-hmm. but what about this great negative one? Hold on, <laughs> let me replay this over and over again uh, just to remind ourselves how terrible we are.
1: I know that whenever I do speak to my wife about those negative thoughts, she's able to pull them right out and be like, you know that's not you. You know that's not from God. So why even entertain that mm. that thought? Capture that thought and yeah, give it to God.
0: Cap- yeah, I think that one of my favorite verses is like taking your thoughts captive and making yep. an obedience to Christ. Like mm. It's like an active thing you do. It's not a like... I sure hope when thoughts come mm-hmm. in my brain, they, they don't get processed poorly. It's like, no, like take an active role in mm-hmm. processing your thoughts. And, and any of them that don't align to Christ, rebuke them and push them out. 100%. And, it, and all the ones that do, obey them.
1: It's that intentionality. It's that turning to God and being vulnerable with God and being, telling them, I'm struggling with this. Help mm-hmm. me. Help me. Once you have that shift... It's that mental shift. It's as if like God is able to move directly through you and capture that, whatever you're struggling with. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be supernatural for everybody, but when you have your band of brothers Mm -hmm. with you and you bring them up with, they can pray for you as well. I mean, the Bible is full of stories with men sharpening each other up, Mm -hmm. right? so my wife finished the Chosen series, right? And I, this is always an image that I see, but on Netflix, you know how normally when you scroll over a screen or a title, it'll give you a picture of it. And the picture is of the, what is it? The four men lowering their friend. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a great story. Yeah. That's that's one of the stories. That's <clears throat> you surround yourself with men that will fight for you. For the for pursuing God to help you with whatever you're going through, yeah, and I often give that that reference to my father as well. I'm here for you, Dad. Like you raised me up, and yeah, I may have lost my way when I first joined the Navy, but I'm back, and you know, God works all the negatives into positives. And I've gone through, and I've done things, and I've seen things, and I've known things that are bad, but I'm forgiven. And I have this relationship with God now. Let me help you mm-hmm. reconnect with God.
0: That's super cool. Yeah, and it, it's really interesting. Like just to think about our current position and like where our where our kids are now. Like you know, you fast forward thirty. Uh, I, I can't say thirty years yet, right? You're not quite there, right? Um, but like you know, seeing your dad in such a, like a prominent like leadership position in your family, and he's you know he's really stepping out in faith. Uh, stopping the sermons, all those kind of things, and but then you fast forward 20 years, and you're the one who's able to kind of step into that role and kind of shepherd him back. And like and as dads now, the the prayer routines that you're putting in place. Who knows where we are as men 20, 30 years from now? Like, you know, these boys and 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 little girls that we're raising up. Who knows what role they play in our lives mm-hmm. down the road, right? No one's gonna claim to be perfect and always gonna be able to walk the mm-hmm. the perfect line, but so it's really interesting, like how full circle everything can come, right? I doubt when you were sitting in that congregation that you'd be like, you know, one day I'm actually gonna help that man kind of get back on track because you were just like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. that's so amazing, right? And like I, you know, I never expected a couple years ago to get so off track in life either, like never would have imagined. Um, so you never know, right, and so it's just kind of neat like I think that really adds to the weight of us needing to raise our children up because you know, obviously for their own walk with Christ, but like all the lives that they could touch down the down the line too
1: there was a there's a quote I saw, and it was speaking about how the relationship between fathers and children right, and it was basically stating what a father makes optional, a child will deem unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And it was t- it was talking in relation to, you know, having that relationship with Christ. You know, in our house, we serve the Almighty. Mm-hmm. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's the way it's going to go. It's not an option, right? So when they grow up, you know, just like what the Bible says, you know, we, we prepare them, we show them the right way to do it, and hopefully, you know, when the world does hurt them, they know where they can go. And no matter what they do, they'll always have open arms here no matter the choices they make or the mistakes that they make um, that's something that I believe we as fathers need to understand is that the world is so broken and so lost nowadays that even thinking about it now it's how do I prepare my kids for something like that mm-hmm. um, that's why I've enjoyed Uh, homeschooling so we homeschool our kids we took them uh, so actually my oldest is the only one that went to public school and that was for kindergarten
2: okay
1: after that we took him out y'all
0: got Um, a taste and
1: we're like mm-mm yeah (laughs) there's a lot of bad habits that he started picking up and no we're like this is not not for us yeah now I was kind of against like totally homeschooling um I didn't really see the benefits again because uh, I was closed-minded I was one road type of guy kind of like well you know I went to public school and look at me I'm great right <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like one of those things it's like well yeah we are good but how better can we prepare our kids hmm right why even put them in that environment if we don't need to so with homeschooling it's been amazing seeing how fast they eat up the education that we're giving them and education is 24 7 with them that was something that i learned as as a father. it doesn't just stop when school stops yeah it's
0: not just when the workbook closes exactly like every everything every moment can be a teaching opportunity i think so often we don't we i guess we kind of discount like all the learning opportunities in day-to-day life right like at the gas pump at the register at you, know, you name it right like say they go buy buy something they've saved up for right and they're like oh it costs ten dollars and they save up ten dollars and they get to the register and it's not ten dollars and i'm like why isn't it ten dollars it's like oh this thing called taxes right mm-hmm. oh, like well, what are taxes and then i have a whole you know mm-hmm. there's all of these life lessons all around us that if you just are purposeful and trying to incorporate um and i love with homeschooling like you're able to kind of curate your own um, especially in Texas they're really I think really great about mm-hmm. allowing parents to build the curriculum right and so have you guys made a point of kind of like building a faith component into y'all's homeschooling or
1: yes so the curriculum that Roseanne she was the one that was really studying and figuring out what curriculum we were going to follow and the curriculum we follow is faith based so nice. they incorporate um, some some biblical teachings into cool. what it, for them so it's really cool. I like it, not discounting teachers at all, but it was pretty easy to follow what the workbook states and then add in what we know from personal experience mm-hmm. and then kind of have those two meet up yeah and it's so much it's so much time dedicated to one child vice 28, twenty eight thirty two children, sure in the classroom,
0: yeah, especially when you know twenty eight to thirty kids all have different <coughs> learning styles and personalities and like mm-hmm. Nobody knows your kids better than you, so you you know how you know Noah learns relative to Nehemiah. And mm-hmm. You're gonna be able to present one topic a certain way to one versus the other, um, which probably makes them learn a lot faster, mm-hmm. which is super cool.
1: Oh yeah, we love it, and it's uh, school's not taking up eight hours of their day. They don't leave us in the morning and then come in the afternoon exhausted. You know, school can start at seven in the morning. Maybe on days that you know I don't have to go in so early, I can do school with the boys, and mm-hmm. they're done. You know that's an hour, two hours total for both of them um and then they're free to do what they want. I mean they got chores to do around the house, and they gotta help mom around the house, of mm-hmm. course um but they have the opportunity to go read the Bible, they read books all the time, and you'll catch them we don't We don't have the t v on in the house all the time; they're reading books. They're playing around, um, sometimes a little rough, especially with our daughter. But, you know, that's that's something that they get to create, and they have an understanding of boundaries and limits. And it's very fortunate seeing that mm-hmm. as a father yeah. rather than seeing them go off to school and then come back. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely an advocate for homeschooling.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's super special. Um, yeah, I think what's neat about everything you just kind of described about how, like, your kids operate is it's so different than your typical, like, I feel like kid nowadays. And that's probably me projecting a pretty wide net on kids. But, like, I think Pastor Ed says it a lot. It's like you can't change the world by looking like it. And I think it's really cool that your your kids are they're reading and they're interacting and they're doing all these really positive, wonderful things that are just, I think, ultimately just going to carry that positive wave Mm -hmm. through their life. Mm -hmm. You know, that's super true. I always get kind of bummed out when I walk by a bus stop and see, you know, just a bunch of kids with their face in their phone. Nobody's interacting with each other. No one's talking or having conversations. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, come on, like, make friends. Like, interact. Like, come on, please. Oh, yeah.
1: That gift of conversation. I guess we can call it a gift now, uh, but that skill of conversation is is less and less and less for the younger generations. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have new new ascensions or new recruits joining the Navy. They don't know how to talk to people. They don't know how to hold a conversation with the person. Um, physical cues or even just like having the basic understanding of like when we're speaking, like me and you were speaking it's face-to-face, it's respectful, you mm-hmm. know, we're not doing anything crazy. But a lot of them, they look down at the ground, or they're twiddling their thumbs, or they can't hold the conversation. And it's like, what's, where, where's your mind at
0: right now? Yeah. I need you
1: here. I mm-hmm. need you to understand the job that I'm teaching you so that you can perform your job when you go to the real Navy. Uh, so that's something that I've noticed even for young 18, 19, 20 year olds i'm twenty nine the the age of spare is not huge, so yeah I mean, where, ten
0: years is not that long so where
1: where's the gap where where are we missing the the where are we missing the mark um but I mean if you look at our kids and they can hold conversations with adults-
2: mm-hmm.
1: my son a lot of the times, if he has a question, I'll tell him, hey, go ahead, go ask the question. I'm right here with you. I'm gonna be here right next to you, but go ahead and ask him the question right so Walk up and ask whatever question he wants to know, and that'll be that.
0: Yeah, and building confidence. I guess that's I think like one of the biggest things is just, like having having the confidence to go do it. And even if like you completely botch the question, like I'm sure the adults like has so much. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, I admire so much that you came over, and like because you know, the older generations are like, like I think they see even how far our generation is probably less interactive than they even expect and then mm-hmm. they look even one generation further and they're like what's going on right um and i think a lot of it is just like how fast technology progressed because like i the iphone came out when i was a senior in high school i think yeah and then from there it was just like off to the races right like and then we had myspace and then we had facebook and then it turned into and it was just like every year was something new and now it's like tiktok and everybody's brain's melting mm. and so like I mean, ten years was a lot of progression for people to just kind of get sucked into this little glowing device in our hands. And so I look back at like the '90s, and I'm like, man, why? I wish things were more like the '90s. You know, I don't know why. Just like it was simple. simpler times, it was yeah. Simple. And mm-hmm. I feel super old saying that. But so, what do you? What do you? Actually, one thing that popped in my brain earlier that I was kind of curious about. you, know, you kind of talked about. I have a perception. Obviously, my dad was military. Okay, a lot of my. Friends, dads were military. A couple of my buddies were. So I have like a perception of like what it's like to be in the military, but obviously I don't have first-hand experience. Did you go through, like, you know, you said in the beginning kind of how you were, mm-hmm. you know, as, a, as an early, you know, uh, member of the Navy compared to how you are now is starkly different. Do you know people from back when you first joined that like know you, have knew you then and know you now? Uh, and did they go on the, like a similar journey with you or is it, are you kind of like, did you kind of have to part ways with kind of those, those individuals on your, on your faith journey?
1: <clears throat> so speaking faith-wise, a lot of the individuals that I <clears throat> was around, I guess, early in my career, are no longer there no more. Whether that's from, you know, we're just not communicating or distance. They're just, they're not, they don't have a presence in my life. There may be like one or two messages that get sent off, um, but that's that. Now, last week, two weeks ago, um, I had the opportunity to have my friend, mm-hmm. Chris Suarez. Yep, I
0: got to meet him. Mm-hmm. He was one of
1: those guys I was around early in my, I guess, naval career. One of the first friends I had in the Navy. And I would say that being typical young men in the Navy, we often consumed alcohol mm-hmm. heavily. Fast forward to us as fathers, we no longer do that anymore. Um, that's just a a different tone we have with children around, with the faith, with the understanding. Um, but as far as friends go, that, that he's the one and he's the only one that's actually making an effort to um, communicate with me or like I said, or even invited him to church. Didn't think he was going to go. He ended up going. That's awesome. You know, so that's one of those things. It's like, you know, maybe there is a reason why he decided to come back or hang out or just spend time with us as a family.
0: I mean, it's probably because he sees the fruit that are being you know, born from your relationship with God mm. and kind of your family. And that's really neat. That's cool that I've got to... But I mean, I I think it also shows, you know, the importance of sometimes just needing to change the the relationships that we're around and Mm -hmm. the people around and how important it is, both for us as fathers, but also, like, who we allow our kids to kind of, you know, be uh, exposed to, shepherded Mm -hmm. by. Obviously, we can't protect them forever. uh, And that's always a I kind of struggle with, like, when does that, like, um, I don't know, kind of trade-off happen, because in the beginning you're very much like a protector guider and like over time you kind of transition more into an advisor i guess you could say or like you know but like, when does that shift happen because i still feel like you know nowadays i'm like now Pro- protect your dad's here for a long time mm-hmm. because this world is crazy mm-hmm. um
1: yeah we'll see when that shift starts i I think with noah he is because he is the oldest he has a lot more responsibility than the rest of his siblings do only because he is the oldest um that is a lot of pressure for him to have and i oftentimes will will call what i say to him or, or or kind of like water down the Lesson that I have to give him because he messed up a certain way. He's the first one. So he's, for lack of a better word, the the guinea pig, right? Mm -hmm. He's the test one. He's a test pilot. So he's definitely trying things out for the first time, or he's the one doing it for the first time out of the siblings. But I commend him because he's always got a great spirit. He's got a great spirit, a, a loving, a forgiving spirit. And sometimes he will beat himself up but immediately pull himself out of that mindset in a couple seconds, in a minute, and he'll be good to go. And it's really cool seeing that. And now that translates down to his brother and his sister.
0: Yeah, you it's know a cascade effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have like this, how, like your demeanor. Like you have like this calmness, but also you're able to like convey. Like a seriousness and sternness when needed mm. but you always kind of i've never seen you kind of like like on a scale of like one to ten i think you like keep it at like a three i've never seen you like take it up above that were you ever like did you ever used to get like that or have you always kind of been N- no
1: I've, i feel as if i've grown definitely from having to operate at like a nine or a ten. Oh wow and now we've talked about this before where you know there's certain times where We should be operating at a nine or Mm ten. I feel like life and death scenarios. Sure, one hundred percent. We should be operating there because our kids need to listen, and they need to listen now. Because if not, something's going to happen. That might be mortally, or might cause some sort of cascading effect that we don't want. Right. Yeah. So we don't want them to get hurt. Sure. Plain and simple. Um, that doesn't. You know them pick, not picking up their toys. That is a more like a ten. You know, or you know them not picking up their rooms. Yeah, no, that that doesn't th- warrant a 10. that's a
0: great example. Because like, if you, I guess if you operate too highly in that scale too much, that when the time comes, the need to go up there, it's not as like whoa, wait, mm-hmm. dad really like made a pivot there. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, so my kids have seen that to where kids are kids, right? They're going to forget sometimes so they were playing in the parking lot obviously that's not okay right so you need to switch it on go to the 10 and it immediately helps them lock into okay dad's not playing around let's stop let's regroup and that happens in real time so i haven't need i don't need to operate at a 10 again it's unless it's warranted
0: that's really good that's just straight up good. Oh, well, it's funny dad too because it it, uh,
1: it translates to it translates to leading in the military as well. I've never had to yell at but anybody in the military, Ever? never, never. I thought that was like now scolding. It's different right. I've <laughs> I've had to like up my tone, but I've never had to yell unless it was a life or death. Now operating on a ship, there's plenty of like life and death scenarios. Um biggest one would be you know if a we had a let'd say coworker if we had a coworker falling asleep, this coworker was falling asleep while watching a sailor who was going through um suicidal ideations which which means they're having thoughts of suicide mm. right again, our coworker which i work in the medical field was falling asleep while watching this sailor. I'm gonna yell at you. Yeah. Because that could have resulted in something worse. Sure. So I'd say that's probably like one of the most recent ones, but that was like three, four years ago now. Haven't wow. haven't had to yell at anyone because there's a I think people have a good sense of others. I don't need to lead from my rank. I lead from me and how I speak to you. If I'm speaking to you with, with respect and understanding, well, I believe that they're going to reciprocate that. Mm. right? Now, if it doesn't happen, okay, well, you know what? Who is it that you fall under? Who is your who is your first class? Who is your chief? And then we'll get them involved so that they have an understanding of how you're operating as a person. yeah? Because you probably respect them on a different level than you respect me. Sure. What I say may fall on deaf ears, but if you're looking at this chief as your your inspiration, well, your inspiration is now telling you that you're messing up. Yeah, get it together. You're going to get it together.
0: Sure. And I think that's super applicable to fatherhood in just terms of like, like you're not pulling dad rank right mm-hmm. it's not just like hey i'm your dad so like mm. you're like hey i got me build the trust and the respect with my kids so when it when the the order comes they do it because of earned you know respect versus you pulling the like like you said there's times you pull the rank mm-hmm. card when it's like hey get, of out, get out of the street get out but in like day-to-day circumstances that's that's so good.
1: Now, saying this, I'm not perfect, right? I'm not getting it right all of the time. Um, there are days where me and Roseanne are tired or we're trying to figure out what we're going to make for dinner because that's always, like, every couple's no problem. No now, right? <laughs> exactly, right? So I don't have time for, you to, for me to deal with this at a 3. I'm moving it up to a 7 or 8, right? But it still doesn't warrant that need to go up to a 7 or 8. They don't see it as that. They're kids. They're having fun. Mm-hmm. They should be having fun. Um, I think internally, or at least me and my wife, we can sit down at the end of the day and say, is this something we did correctly? Is this something that we could have done differently? Just like how we pray with the kids. Did, Speaking do you all like
0: do, do, do a daily chicken?
1: I was about to say that. That's something that we need to really start doing again. Okay.
0: Well, see, I like that. That's
1: As far as like me and my wife, we should definitely start doing that a lot more. Um, cause like I said, we do it with the kids, put them to bed. I'll, most of the time I'll fall asleep in there with them, putting them to bed, quote unquote. Um,
0: putting us to bed. Putting us to bed. Exactly. <laughs>
1: um, but then, you know, I come back out, she's either asleep with, uh, our youngest boy, um, or she's heading downstairs to clean up or something. So I'll go down, help out, clean up, come back upstairs, exhausted, so go to bed. Right, so that's definitely something. Being intentional with our time, we should be doing that check in at the end of the day. What we did wrong, what we did right. Because if I my kids are doing it, I gotta be doing it too, right? Me and my wife should be doing it. So,
0: one of the my biggest pet peeves is do as I say, not as I do. Mm. Mm-hmm. But like I, I do sometimes catch myself in that, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, and it's I think what's the worst is like when only you know you're not doing it. Be this way, treat people this way, speak this way. This is how you care. Like, and then I'm like, I'm not mm. coming through on that. Like, I feel so convicted. And so, like, doing being more purposeful about checking in, whether it's with with my with my wife Erica or just myself, um, kind of doing like a retrospective of the day. I'm usually just like, oh, I'm tired, pass out, wake up, do it again. I love the intentionality that you guys take into to everything. I think yeah, I think it's a really cool kind of sequence or cycle that it seems like. You know, you you've gone through in your life is like the, for some things. There's like a moment of like questioning, right? Whether it's like uh, this Christianity thing or homeschooling or whatever it may be, give it a give it a go, and then being like having the humility to be like ah, new information or a new experience or whatever it may be. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna reframe how I view this and move forward with this new information. I think it's a really cool I guess process. It seems like you kind of operate with where you're you're never going into any circumstance close-minded to what you may encounter and that you're you take in that new information process it and then take a new path based mm-hmm. on what you take in. i think it's really it's really cool
1: I, I would say that homeschooling is the best is the best example for that because like i said i was the biggest like oh well you know What about, like, the exposure to other kids or situations? How are they going to grow as kids, like, friends? Like, where is that going to come from? And there's the answer for all of those. Mm -hmm. You know, there's an opportunity at the co-op where you are um, a part of where they get the exposure with kids. They get the sports time. They get the situations where is this the right thing to do? as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know these kids are older than me, but should I be doing this? Yep. Right. So <clears throat> really being able to mold what they're learning and then taking the opportunity to not only learn in the house, but outside the house, something that we were supposed to do today, me and Noah, um, he grew some potato plants and was very invested in them every day, checking on them. Researching them, reading books about them, checking out books from the library about potatoes, and when they're growing in the ground, they're not called potatoes; they're called tubers. I didn't um, know that. I didn't
0: know that either. <laughs> so Fun fact. You know.
1: So, <clears throat> and so, today was supposed to be harvest day, but tomorrow will be a harvest. So, being able to turn that into a lesson of like, you know, sometimes we have to plant those seeds, whether it's in people, places, or things. Um, with God's blessing and not seeing the fruit of our labor that same day or that same month. Mm-hmm. It might take a couple months.
0: Or a lifetime, right?
1: It could be a lifetime, right? In this case, it only took five months, but still it's something that he'll be able to go into the ground, pull out, and you know, look at it in and say, wow, look, I did this. You know? Um, it's
0: pretty awesome. And then he gets to hand it off to Master Chef Dad. Because <laughs> he... <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, you can throw it down in the yeah. kitchen, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll have to have a uh, cooking podcast on here soon. There you go. Um, From tubers to plates. Tubers.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: There's a there's a video I came across. It was actually talking about how giving your, first, giving your 10% right to God and how there was this man who was growing a lemon tree for five years or an orange tree or something like that. I believe it was a lemon tree, and he gave the first ten percent to God, and God blessed that tree, and now the lemon produces like massive lemons. Now I don't know the validity of the video, but it's a good it's a good video to put an understanding of what the ten percent should look like. Mm-hmm. Now we tithe; our kids know we tithe, and they often tithe during kids' church um which is pretty cool we don't tell them to we tell them if they want to they can they don't have to even if the the church tells them that they should be tied in like again that's their own choice if they want to mm-hmm. oftentimes more oftentimes they are happy to give they're wanting to give um and they make their own money right so uh, it'll be good to to see how my oldest my noah he ties this ten percent with his tubers and seeing what he does with
0: that. Nice. So, what, is, what, is it, what do you think that looks like from a food standpoint? Is it from like, a food standpoint? Is it like taken into a food bank? <laughs> no, is it like, the
1: video cool? actually it stated that the, the man took the lemons and he dropped it into the offering basket. Now, I'm not going to tell Noah to drop it into the offering <laughs> basket at, at church, um, but maybe something along the lines of cooking a meal out of it and then um, giving it to somebody yeah. or blessing somebody with it, somebody in need. Maybe that might be a question for one of the elders that I have back home. How do I teach my son what the ten percent from his harvest looks like? Yeah, gifting it to God because the only ten percent that I've given, as far as like that goes, is monetary. Sure, is finances, money, is time as well. I know time and serving is is a sort of um, is a sort of tithing. But yeah, I've never I've never tithed food.
0: I haven't either. I hadn't never even thought about that to be honest. I think my time is the one that I'm the worst about. I mm. guess giving back in terms of service. I, I know you and I talked about it last week about just uh, letting little things like logistics mm-hmm. and then busy schedules and all that kind of stuff, which is like the worst reasons. But yeah, our time is one of those things that you don't get more of it. Yeah. Right. Like you, you can always make more money. Mm-hmm. Right. But you can't get time back. And then that's like one of those things that. Sure, someone could cut a big old check to the church, but they may not sacrifice any of their time. So I need to do better going forward of like showing you know, my, my kids and stuff that uh, I'm willing to give my time mm-hmm. and, and make a point to carve it out and make a plan and, and do it because I want to drive some golf carts. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're pretty cool. That'd be
1: pretty cool because then I could just park real far and call you up. 100%. Yeah. I have
0: I have seen one of them run into a truck before. Oh. And so now I'm really scared I'm going to hit someone's <laughs> car.
1: With the amount of brothers you have here, we'll definitely support you in serving. So that, that's really important. Is Something that I learned from Awakened Church is who is your six, right? Hmm. Who are the two people that are growing with you? Who are the two people that you're growing, that you are growing, and to people that are growing you. Hmm.
0: Um, That's good. I've never inventoried it like that.
1: Yeah. But it's important, right? Because I like to reference that, that picture of the chosen. When they're lowering their friend to see Jesus. Like, It's vastly important. We surround ourselves with, with other believers. Because they can bolster us. They can hold us up, man. They hold us up. They, they help us out. They pray for us. They speak into us. That's everything we need. Yep. You know? everything we need to get our focus back on, on the relationship we have with God.
0: Yep. I think one of the worst mistakes we can make is trying to walk through difficult times alone. Mm. I think isolation is like exactly what the enemy wants. He's mm-hmm. like, I got you. I got you separated from your support. I got you separated from God. Like, you're mine. So. Yeah, I agree. But, well, good stuff, man. I really appreciate this conversation so yeah, much. I dude. too. I'm glad. Uh, thank you for Putting up with my my pestering test, my text messages, uh, but now dude, and making the drive um, over across town to do this in person. So um. yeah,
1: no, I appreciate it. Like I said, it's uh, it's been great. I'm interested to see the impact this has, and like the best way one of the guys said it at I guess the previous church was, it's not about like the millions of people that are going to hear this. It's about the one person mm-hmm. that needs to sure it's just like what the bible says you know god's not chasing after the 99 he's chasing after that one
2: yep
0: if you enjoyed this episode of the faith forged fathers podcast please leave us a five-star review on whichever podcast platform you're listening from subscribe to the podcast and also head on over to instagram and follow at faith forged fathers thanks again for listening